are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to Informative Conversations Podcast. My guest today is personal development expert, professional speaker, business coach, and author, Shane Boyd. Welcome, Shane. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, sure. It's my pleasure. Thank you for accepting my invitation. So, Shane, I just introduced you with all that you do, but you have a wonderful background, and I want to share it with my listeners. So before we begin, would you just give them a little bit about you? Uh, of course. Um, I'm a simple individual. I don't do a whole lot, but uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father of two. Uh, I've been married 20 years now. At the age of 44, things I enjoy, I really enjoy exercising. I enjoy martial arts. I love reading and I love church and Jesus. So that pretty much sums up what I do between my work and family life and working out. And that's my pastime. Uh, so that's that's me in a nutshell. Well, well, Shane, I know you started out saying I'm simple. <laughs> and that's you in a nutshell. But. Uh, it wasn't always you in a simple nutshell. Let's begin by sharing your story. Of course. Um, and I, I'm happy to share the story. Um, I've delivered it multiple times. You wrote a book about it. But when I do this, to me, I praise God the whole way through. Now, this isn't a sermon. This is just, hey, I recognize that this is something that God did. I give him the praise and glory for it. So I praise Jesus Amen. for what happened. Um, but with the story, I want to preface it with this, just so everybody knows. Yes, I praise Jesus now, but I wasn't always a believer. Wasn't evil in the sense, but I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't know Jesus growing up. My parents didn't know Jesus, still don't know Jesus. My brother still is a non-believer. All through this, but just everybody knows I wasn't a believer. I was, you know, non-believer. I didn't become a believer until after what I'm about to share with you. Um, but I always ask you might do my speeches and get interviewed about it at different times. <laughs> I have a simple question I ask. I say, Did you know that I was a human speed bump? Mm-hmm. It's true. I was a human speed bump. Now, not just a speed bump from any kind of vehicle per se. It wasn't like it was a Prius I was in. It was a pretty large vehicle. Now, I'll just let you know. Some people will recognize what kind of vehicle it was when I say it. But it was a 1993 Ford F-350. It was a diesel. It was a dually. So it had the four tires in the back. It was a four-wheel drive. It had a fifth wheel, which is a large hitch that goes in the bed of the truck. If one sees uh, a horse trailer being towed or maybe a large camper being towed, that's the kind of hitch you use. It takes up the whole bed. And it was a four-door pickup truck. That was the vehicle in question in the story. That's what we were all in. And in a nutshell, here's what happened. 
I mean, I've made this speech up until like an hour speech, but it won't be that. It's a few minutes to give you the highlights of it. But simple enough at this point, mind you, I wasn't a believer. This isn't the kind of activities I would go out and do now, but I was a non-believer then. Okay. Um, I did have my daughter. Uh, she was right around three years old at this time in the story. I was living with my brother. He's my older brother, six years older than I am. So at the time of the story, I was 22. He was 28, right? My daughter's three. We tuck my daughter in around 730. We go out. It's my girlfriend and myself and my buddy and his girlfriend. Just imagine two couples. I mean, just two couples going out and doing something. Now, pretty, you know, something quite amazing and tragic happens that day. But I always want to, you know, point out it was an ordinary day. It wasn't like you woke up that day and I knew something bad's going to happen. No, I woke up and I went to work. It was a normal day. I think everybody on the call can recognize September 11th, 2001. We all know where we were. We won't have to belabor that, but think about the morning before all that happened. You right. were just waking up. You were doing stuff. You were doing life. It was an ordinary day. Nobody wow. knew what was going to happen a few hours later. So it was with this day. Back, it was the first weekend in December of 1999 is when this happened. It was just a normal day. You know, the work day, dinner, tucking the daughter, go to out that evening. We went out drinking that evening is what we did. I don't remember the actual incident I'm going to share with you, per se, because um, it was, you know, find out in a moment why, but it was still quite amazing. It was just a normal going out drinking that evening. I wasn't driving. So Shane wasn't thinking about I have to be responsible. Shane's thinking I can drink whatever I want. I'm off work tomorrow anyways. You know, at my brother's condo, my, my daughter is fine. Things are all safe, right? So we're drinking that evening, and I, uh, you know, if your buddy comes up to you and puts down a tequila shot, you're not going to say no. So that's <laughs> the kind of night it was, okay? Um, as it turns out, they decided it was time to go home when they found Shane in the men's restroom, you know, kind of praying <laughs> to the porcelain god, as, as one would say. So <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't remember that portion of the evening. I remember everything before. I don't remember that portion. Now, I want to let you know, as you we were going home, in the neighborhood where we lived, it was a golf community. It was a big golf community. And so, I mean, it wasn't like you can, like, blister the pavement driving down the road. They put speed bumps in the road. No, we've all seen speed bumps. You've seen them in parking lots. You've seen them in neighborhoods. They're designed to slow one down, obviously. Right. Well, that neighborhood I lived in had a lot of speed bumps. So that's where the whole speed bumps kind of comes from. But as we're going through our neighborhood, apparently I got the bright idea of crawling out of the passenger side or the, the driver's side window where I was sitting. Now I'm in the back mm -hmm. seat. My girlfriend's to my right. We were in the back seat of the big truck. My friend's driving. I rolled down my window beside me and started to climb out of the truck. I don't have a good answer why. I've been asked why. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. But as the story goes, I crawled out of the window. They hit a speed bump, and then they stopped when they realized I was no longer in the truck. As it turns out, there were no speed bumps on that portion of the road where the accident happened. I 
was the speed bump. Oh, my goodness. Nobody knew. I don't fault anybody to this day. 20 plus years later, nobody knew. We were all drinking. Mm -hmm. To my buddy's defense, when he came out to get me, as the story goes, he helped me up to my feet. I was kind of cursing him and, and yelling at him, I guess. You know, I kind of joke about that now. I'm like, well, what would you do if you got run over? I'd probably yell at somebody too, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So right. he didn't, nobody knew. Nobody knew what was mm -hmm. going on. They helped me to the truck, drove me back to the condo where we lived. Now, at that time, I told you, I was 22. We were all about the same age. My brother was 28. So he was like the oldest adult around. So they wow. helped me up the stairs and brought me into the house, into the condo. They didn't know what to do. Nobody thought about calling an ambulance or anything because I was kind of walking and talking. Although I have no memory of any of this. Mm. And they woke up my brother. It was midnight, one o'clock, maybe. They woke him up and he basically is like, just let him sleep it off. He'll be fine. Mm. Again, nobody knew. Well, the next day came. I wasn't sleeping anything off. I wasn't moving. Mm. I wasn't waking up. Morning came, six, seven o'clock. My girlfriend was there and I wasn't budging. And I wasn't moving. I was essentially dying right there in the floor, but nobody knew. Again, no fault to anybody. Nobody knew. It's my fault. Now, I crack up and I still say this every time. They're seeing me there not moving. Okay. And so what they did was they called my dad. Wow. <laughs> my dad. He was a great carpenter. Okay. Yeah. He's a man, if you need a deck built on your house or an addition, he's the guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was not a physician, but they <laughs> called him nonetheless. And when he came to the condo and he looked me over and just imagine yourself being a parent. I mean, he was in his late 40s at the time, looking down to your youngest son dying and on his Sage advice was call an ambulance now. Mm -hmm. And that's where we actually found out what happened to me. Nobody knew to the, at that point. Nobody really knew what happened. They just knew that I fell out of the vehicle and that I really was unresponsive now. They still didn't put two and two together what really happened. Mm -hmm. We go to the first hospital. They say we can't treat head injuries here. So the ambulance brought me to the larger hospital down the road wasn't that far. The hospital ward, first one was probably a 10-minute ride. The next one down the road, probably a 15-minute ride where I lived at the time in Myrtle Beach. They had several hospitals there. So they got to the bigger one, which is a regional hospital, and they have bigger equipment there, whatever. It's a better hospital, more high-tech. And that's when they put two and two together and did the x-rays on me, and they came out, and they told everybody, they because they heard the story, they said, what happened? You go to the doctor, go to the hospital, you didn't, you know, this lifeless body kind of there. They had the vitals and the heartbeat and all that, but I was unresponsive. And they were like, what happened? What's going on? Right. Mm -hmm. And they said that he fell out of the truck. And that's when after looking at me and doing the x-rays, what happened was on the right side of my brain, it was bleeding. My brain was oh. bleeding. Mm -hmm. On the left side of my head, my brain, my whole brain was bruised. Oh, wow. So, Imagine this for a second. Imagine putting your, your head mm. in a vice and squeezing it. Both sides of your head, your brain were injured at the exact same time. 
They said, there is no way he sustained these injuries by just falling out of a vehicle. You ran him over. And more specifically, they said, you've had to run over his head. There is no way he just hit something and got these injuries. You essentially used his head as a speed bump. Nobody knew at that time what happened. I said, still no fault except my own. But mm. as they, they said, this is what we have to do. He needs brain surgery in order mm. to you know, live. Because I mean, it was an aneurysm. My brain was bleeding on the right side. The left side's bruised mm. and all messed up. So they did the brain surgery. It really happened. I have a still light in my head. You know, brain surgery. <laughs> it was real. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, whenever you have brain surgery, I mean, surgery, the surgeons are fantastic. This is, again, 20 plus years ago now, the time we're talking. Right. But even then, technology was still pretty darn good. And they, they kind of had a handle on things, but they were realistic and saying it's still the brain. We don't right. know what's going to happen when we're finished. We hope he'll be alive, but will he have his motor skills? Will he be able to talk? Will he have? Will he be him? We don't know. Mm. Well, they did the surgery and then they had me basically in a coma. Uh, they, they induced me into a coma to keep me asleep. I was only in the hospital, I think four or five days max. Wow. But wow. I remember waking up vividly. <laughs> I remember that very well. Um, mm. If anybody's ever been in a hospital bed, woken up, you know, it's cold and it's just chilly in the hospital. I remember vividly the doctor clapping his hands, you know, to get my attention and call my name, Shane. You know, clap his hand to Shane. And I woke up. And then when I woke up, I kind of came to, looked around. And one of my first words were, ow, my head hurts. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then my mom was like there at the foot of the bed and saying, you know, as a mom only could, you know, honey, you were in a terrible accident. And then my first question was, my daughter's name is Aspen. My first question was, where is Aspen? I miss her. Mm. It was then that everybody there knew that I was going to be okay. I saw mm. my girlfriend, my brother, my mom and dad, but I was like, where's Aspen? <laughs> you know, mm. I miss her. Mm. So they knew at that point that I was going to be okay. Mm. Well, fast forward, you know, to kind of bring this portion of the story to a close. Again, it's 20 plus years later. So obviously I survived. Um, but right. what was amazing with it was a month after the accident, I went back to working half days at the shop huh. where I used to work at. So a month yeah. after this accident, I went back, to, I went to work. You know, it was, I installed tires and accessories on cars and trucks. So basically right. all the things I put on that big truck, you know, that's what I did. Um, all right. the tires, grow guards, brush guards and hitches. I did that kind of stuff. So that's what I did in the shop. So a month later, I'm back to work in half days. A month and a half later, I'm doing full-time work and at the gym, essentially living my life and starting to live a new life again. And it was a, it was a new life because <laughs> I realized at that point in time, what I was doing wasn't working. I was obviously rescued and saved for a reason. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, and it was... It was not long afterwards, within a couple of years afterwards of looking and studying and researching that I did become a believer, found Jesus or he found me and became a believer. And I realized at that point, you know, when when God heals you, he heals you for good. 
yeah. he's not giving you a temporary healing. Okay, we're going to test you out, Shane. We're going to heal you for yeah. five years. No, no, he heals you for good. Yeah. And that could be twofold. Yes, it's a it was a permanent healing. I don't have any issues with the brain surgery. I have yeah. headaches. That happens. I probably get a headache or a migraine once a month, once every three weeks, maybe. Mm -hmm. If that's my only side effect, I have no wow. complaints. Right. No motor right. skills issues, none of that. I, uh, oh, wow. In fact, I, I have three different black belts and three different martial arts right now. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been hit in the head a lot since this wow. injury. I mean, wow. it's, it's healed. Um, mm -hmm. Understand when you have a steel plate in your head, the reason a steel plate is in a head is because a skull doesn't heal the same way like the arm does. The right. arm, okay. That's mm -hmm. why. It's the reason yeah. is it's, it goes back together, but it, it's not as strong afterwards. The steel plate has right. to be there to protect it. That's why the steel plate's there. So mm -hmm. I can still, I can feel the plate and I can know, I know it's there and, and you can mm -hmm. touch it and feel where a scar was and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's, it's only a side effect I have is a few headaches. <laughs> that's really yeah. it. Um, that's and that's, true. That's was the whole speed bump story. That's where I started looking into what am I doing here? Why am I here? What nobody should live from that. What am I doing here? That's that's when I kind of realized we have a purpose. We all do. We all have a purpose. We all have talents. We all have abilities. Sometimes we're too afraid <laughs> to use those talents and abilities but we all have talents and abilities um and then i realized that mine was to work with people and to teach people how to find their talent and abilities one of the things i love doing let me ask you i know you mentioned that it was afterwards that you started seeking and you found christ but when you realized that you were here for a purpose had you already received christ then or did you no. start thinking about you were here for a purpose after you had received Christ? I actually received Christ about a year later. It was, I was working with, uh, he's my best friend now. And it's mm. funny, we all come to Christ in different ways. And I knew after that accident, see my family up in Ohio, where I'm from, my aunts and so on, they're believers. So they put together a prayer chain when this whole mm. thing happened. And they oh. told me this. Yeah. Can you imagine I mean, if you had a loved one, you put together a prayer chain, everybody's praying for you. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I heard those things. I knew those were there. And I just, and even the people I worked for at the shop at the time kind of told me, like, you're, you're, somebody up there is looking after you. Mm. So all mm. those seeds were then planted, right? Kind of mm. like the sower who's sowing the seeds on, on the road. Some goes by the wayside, right. some goes on the street, right. some goes in the soil. That's kind of what happened. It wasn't like it came out of this experience and be okay, I'm gonna go find the Lord. It wasn't like that. No. It took me, it took me right. about a year of actually mm -hmm. committing to saying, you know what, I'm I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready mm -hmm. to accept Jesus. And it was a buddy of mine um, who I was working for, him and his dad, totally different business. We installed fireplaces. Anyways, we were driving around town and he was reading the Bible. And mm -hmm. I was like, I said, Derek, what are you doing, man? He's like, I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, well, well, why? What's up? Him and his wife were going through problems. And he was reading the Bible. And of all things, he was reading Revelation. Wow. Um, 
those of us who are believers know that's a book of victory. We know that. Right, right, For right. a non-believer, that sounds terrifying, right? Right. So he's right. reading Revelation. Already seeds are planted. Already seeds are planted. I kind of knew that there was a God. I just didn't know much on how to do a next step. Seeds were planted. Well, I mean, as it says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. Um, so he started talking to me about revelation of all things, man. It's so funny of revelation and the hellfire and the bowels of judgments and everything else. And I was like, Derek, is it, how do you not get that? And that's what he said. Well, you, you get to know Jesus. That's how you don't get all these bad things. And I was like, well, how do you do that? That's where it began. So those seeds are planted and they took root. Right. And it all started really, yes, from the accident. My eyes were open. My life changed. And then a buddy of mine's the one that brought me to the Lord and shared the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, took about a year. So so I want to get into your book. But before we do, there is, well, it, this is in your book. Mm-hmm. But I want to skip over to something that you said. You said. You said, along the way, I acquired many new skills and certifications. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified life coach, a certified law of attraction practitioner, and a certified NLP, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Mm-hmm. And mind you, this was even after having received your MBA. Mm-hmm. But you said, it was almost like I was all dressed up, but too afraid to ask anyone for a date. So you had everything that you needed, you had that you felt you needed because you know, we know now that you were already prepared the moment you received that calling. But yeah. you had all these degrees and you um did consulting and coaching in various forms, but you didn't feel worthy of charging for your services or bringing your services out there. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. That was unheard of to me. Now, because of my training, I kind of know the why. Um, I don't want to get too deep into this, but we all know about maybe the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Right. Okay. Our subconscious mind as a child is wide open until about the age of seven or eight. Mm -hmm. That means there are zero filters. From the mouth of babes, kind of thing. I mean, you've, you, yes. you've heard kids yes. be totally honest. There, there's no filter yes. at times. Yes. Same thing with our subconscious mind, totally open. So everything comes in with zero filters. Mm. I only stress that because of my upbringing. This isn't an excuse. I just kind of realized why did I have this block? Why was that there? Well, I found out why. My family, I grew up in a small town, a factory town. Mm-hmm. The factory yeah. town was overtime was like king. If you had overtime, oh my gosh, you're in yeah. high cotton, right? Yeah. Now, if you also, if you weren't working with your hands, you weren't working. If you mm. weren't like building a house or building a car in a factory kind of thing, you weren't working. Mm. Growing up as a kid, even we still talk about this to this day. So I raised my kids differently. My uncle, my my brother still believes this old philosophy and he kind of tells my son this. He says, you don't want to work in office. That's not work. My brother mm-hmm. rebuilds houses kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, tell my son, I said, Matthew, 
if it wasn't for those white collar people in the office, the blue collar people wouldn't have work. I said, yes, mm. it's work. They're the ones that create everything you see. I mm. didn't have that belief system instilled in me growing up. It was dig the ditch deeper, dig it harder and faster, mm. hammer the nail the best. You have to work with your mm. hands to get dirty. Mm. Now I have that in my mind. I wanted to trade hours for dollars kind of thing. Right. That was my belief system. I call it BS now. It's a belief system I had. Right, so even right. though I, as a kid, I wanted to work as Wall Street. That was my dream. That's an old dream now. It's, it's kind of antiquated. But I mean, I wanted the college degree. I wanted to work in an office, carrying a briefcase, wearing a suit and tie, going to the city, going to the high-rise building. That was my dream. I Wait, wanted where that. did that dream let me. Where did that dream come from? If you did, you see it on television or? Yeah, how was? Let me tell you. Talk about it. Let me tell you, partner. God puts that stuff inside of you when you're born. He knows your past. That's right. He knows mm-hmm. you. He he. Mm-hmm. T- he says, "I knew you in your in your mother's womb." Yeah. I didn't yes. develop that. I don't know where that mm-hmm. came from. It's a desire. Mm-hmm. That's what I talk about in my book as well. If you yeah. have a desire. It's there on purpose. (laughs) God put that there. Even if a non-believer wants to talk about it in different terms, I say God and Jesus. A non-believer can use the word universe. Whatever. I believe in God. You have that desire. God put that there. And it's up to you to just take the next step walking towards it. Um, So, yeah. Did I see stuff? I mean, maybe. I mean, think about I was born in 77. So by the time I would see things, you figure in the late 80s, early 90s, that was still kind of common. Think of the movie Wall Street. Think of even a funny one. Look at Scrooge with Bill Murray, the Christmas Scrooge. I saw that kind of stuff. I was like, I want that. I don't want to be the grumpy person. I don't mean that, but I want to do that. But when I would talk about it, my family would criticize and say, that's not real work. They would call me lazy. Because they said, you don't like hard work. You don't like manual labor. You're lazy. And as a kid hearing this, you don't have the filter to realize, okay, that's their program. That's their program. That doesn't mean it's my program. I didn't know that then. I know it now. And I can help people fix that. Right. Right. That's important. Even to the point of, I told my wife and kids this not long ago, you know, that there was a, a pin, like a button. If you pony jacket or shirt or whatever else, they bought me one of those as a kid, maybe nine, maybe 10 years old. And the button said this, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I'm not taking any chances. Um, so why would, why was I so feeling unworthy to actually use my mind to help people after going through what I went through and being able to speak? I mean, at this point in life, put me on a stage, I shine. I love it. This is right. a little bit different because you can't feel an audience, but talking to you is still wonderful. Right. Even, even doing videos, I, I, put you on a stage. But, but my, audience, wow. my audience feels you just like I do. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I'm wired for that. God is going to use that. I just didn't know it. It's always mm-hmm. been my desire. I could have done different things, but think about in the 80s or 90s, maybe I could have done the path to college, go in there. Maybe I could have led a whole team in a marketing division. Who knows? I mean, that's really how I'm wired. But now by the time I went through things and already had a career and family and kids, and it's like, you know what? 
I, at that point in time, I had the golden handcuffs. And I was basically working a, a job. It was my job. It was my career. I created it. Um, but I was working a job just for money. So I didn't, I wasn't able, even after earning an MBA, and I did that back in 2014. And I was, I mean, that's something else God gave me. As far as we've all met people who are just sharp when it comes to being book smart. So some people are just get it like that, right? It was easy for me. Well, there's a reason why it was. I'm wired that way. God created me that way. And when you continue to walk a path where he didn't create for you, you're walking through thicket and thistles and bushes and thorns, man, and speed bump after speed bump. And why? Why? That's why I said we're, you know, it, 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 that desire is so important to realize it. You have that right. desire. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. But something right. that I, I realized was fear got in the way is what happens. We get afraid. Yeah. We, I want to begin. I want to get into your book mm-hmm. and uh, let's talk about step one, become aware. So becoming aware. That is mm-hmm. member. I mentioned before the desire. Right. I mean, if their desire is there, then that is a absolute positive fact that the way exists. Right. God would not give you a desire without a way to achieve it. Mm. It's not mm. going to happen. Now, right. you will have a lot of times when you go through these things you are going to have different speed bumps to go through you will have different trials doesn't mean it's going to be blue, you know blue skies and rainbows look at right. the story of joseph look at what joseph did and the right. many colors he was sold to slavery and went through jail and all this stuff look at what he ended up doing he went right. through things and what did that do it built his character turned him right. into the man god wanted him to be Right. If there is a desire, becoming aware of it and realizing law of polarity, there can't be an up without a down. There can't be a front without a back. So if that desire is there, the way exists. The tough part is taking the first step towards it. That's the hard part. So back to the question with how do I look at these universal laws. I, I believe in the law of attraction. I have thing wrote to my bookshelf right here. I teach mindset. Why? Right. Those are tools. Okay. Right. That's no different than if God is leading me to build, to be a builder, should I not buy a hammer? <laughs> it is, right. Right. Those are tools. These are right. things used. If I can get my mind straight, yes, I meditate and pray. However, I have yet to be able to read the Bible and then get specific instructions on how to go coach somebody. I have yet mm-hmm. to be able to read the Bible and then turn that into, I'm going to use this to pay the rent. Well, no, right. I, God has tools everywhere. We understand God right. created the universe, the heavens and the earth. Right. It's all his people. And he's even used people. You can look at in the Bible, the Babylonians, people that he right. brought up who are basically bad people to, to punish his good people to, Hey, stop doing bad. Okay. Right. God right. uses everybody. So does the right. law of attraction work? It does. But even yeah. one of my favorite people, Joe Vitale, I have a whole shelf of Joe Vitale. Love the guy. Um, mm-hmm. Is he a, you know, Bible thumping believer? No. Does his teaching motivate me, inspire me? Absolutely. 
with the law of attraction. That was a huge thing. That can be turned into an idol if one isn't careful. Okay, so now we want to talk about step two, discover your true calling. Yeah. Now, that goes back to your desire. Now, what we end up doing in life, and this isn't con you know, condemning anybody because we've all lived it. I've had, I had golden handcuffs for a long time. Now, mm. as you know, David Thoreau mentioned, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Mm. And I, I know some people get hung up on the fact you always use the word men. I, I liked how Earl Nightingale said it. I use he, so I won't have to continue using he or she. But understand, mm -hmm. there is woe man and man. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're the same. I don't, I, we're the same. Man's in both of us. Anyway, um, anybody who's working a career they hate every single day knows there's something else for them. The yeah. problem is they feel stuck because of what did God say? When the world kind of takes over and you focus on the world, that's Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to oh, the patterns okay. of this world. That's what happens. Not condemning because I've lived it. I can help you right. get out of that. Been there, done it. But our true calling is that desire. So how do you discover it? It's in there. You feel it. It's one of those things when you could ask somebody, if money was no object, what would you do? Right, right. Mm -hmm. That some people have never been asked that question, and if they have been, they've never really answered it or give it. They're flippant about it. But right. seriously, if the listeners, you okay? You've you've won whatever a hundred million dollars. It's in your account. You've bought the houses, the cars. You paid off family debts. You've have done all the vacations and everything mm -hmm. else. You've done all that. What are you going to do with your life? For the remaining 20, 30, 50, 60, whatever, what are you going to do? And whatever bubbles up, that's a pretty darn good clue of what your calling is. And that's, you know, there's also, I like how, um, oh, his name escapes me now, um, but uh, he used to be the editor in chief of Success Magazine. And he has a couple of books out. He said, whatever, you know, makes you cry or makes mm. you angry mm. is also a clue as to what mm. you should be doing. Mm. And I was like, oh, like that. You know, whatever makes you cry can be your why. I have this burning desire inside of me. Yes, I speak, I write, I coach, I do all that. You know, mindset coaching, transformational coaching, business coaching and consulting. I mean, I enjoy all of that. But a lot of that to me, has to do with here is one of my main underlining things that I just really want to help people do, even though they don't have, they don't even know they have this problem sometimes. I want to open people's minds to help them think so they can live the lives they're called to live, not the lives they're told to live. Yeah. That, that might rub some the wrong way. And that's not my premise. That's not why. Here's the thing. We know what we have lived through in the past couple of years, especially in America. We know what the COVID thing brought and everything with it. We saw that. We watched it live action. We watched the world get put on a pedestal and the worldly thinking happen live action. People no longer thought about anything. I don't care what side. It doesn't matter to me. 
I mean, right, if you right. thoroughly investigated why you wanted to get vaccinated, fantastic. If you didn't mm-hmm. and you don't want to get vaccinated, fantastic. But right. nobody's a villain either side of that. Right. People right. no longer thought they conformed. See, a closed yeah. mind doesn't think. A closed yeah. mind conforms. It yeah. can no longer. We get fed from what? The world. I don't care who you watch, Fox, CNN, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. They're both right. feeding you stuff to get you mm-hmm. coming back for more. <laughs> right. right. And we're conforming. Now, that's that's kind of a heavy issue there, but that's one of my main drivers is, okay, how can I do that? Well, if I'm working with entrepreneurs, and especially with male, male entrepreneurs, and I can help them in their business, let's say. Mm-hmm. That could be an avenue for me to get in. I can literally help them with their business. I can teach them how to, you know, double their business in 90 days without, you know, having a heavy cost in advertising. That's stuff that I do. What also happens to that man? Now, he feels better about himself, about his life. He becomes a better husband. He becomes a better father. Why? He no longer has this heavy burden of work on his shoulders because I've helped him get more work, helped him systematize it. Then mm-hmm. I can work with a mindset and help him have the mindset for work and have a spiritual mindset along the way. Then as a leader of his house, what can he do? Oh, he's an even better husband, better mm-hmm. father, better member of the community, better, more productive member in church. His mind is being opened a little at a time mm-hmm. through business coaching, through mindset coaching, I'm able to fulfill my ministry that God gave me. And that's that's really where I target is working with, I work with females as well, but I target men simply because one, I are one. And two, I know what it's like to be that small business owner and be the man of the house, the provider, the husband, the father, all that fun stuff. I know what it's like to, when the whole world's crashed around because work isn't good. All that, talk about your calling, that's what led me to doing this. It all came from, having a speed bump man and we had right. these speed bumps in our life and that's where it came from for me and that you know, discovered your true calling whatever you daydream about also mm. a good mm. thing some of my fantasies and my daydreams were speaking on a stage like a zig ziglar or a mm. jim brown or you know mark victor hansen jack canfield i mean i like jim Rohn. i could pick one it would be a jim Rohn. I guess if I could model one person, it'd be a Jim Rohn. I think I'm more in tune with him. Zig was he's he was way more energetic than I am. Um, Jim Rohn just was a great philosopher, <laughs> and I'll be darned, he talked about the Bible a lot in his speeches. Huh? So did Zig. That's that's so. Those are my daydreams. I have daydream about having a stage like that. <laughs> but that's those are three things you can use to help discover your calling because. You weren't designed to live a life of quiet desperation, that's for sure. And I, and I think people, and, well, I know from, from myself and from many others that I read about and that I've spoken with, it's hard. It goes back to what you were saying, conforming to the world, because, yeah. you, you know, you you got to sacrifice something. So yeah. when you know that you're responsible for the household, for mm-hmm. the food, for the mortgage, for the utilities, you can't just walk off your job. You know, you can't just, some people do it, but I mean, you have to be ready for the sacrifice, for the, for the lack. And that's a, that's a mentally, you have a lot of debt 
but um, we, we won't go into it, but if, if people read your book, they'll see that um, when you had a desire and you had all those responsibilities, mm -hmm. but your job went away. And so yeah. life, it, it took it away from you <laughs> and gave you the opportunity to do what you wanted to do. So, yes. so yes. you know, it, you were, you've been pushed to me into your life calling yeah. and it's wonderful. It's missing so many people. Okay. But we'll go to step three. So live your life, not someone else's. I can, I kind of touched on that before about how my family raised me. My dad mm. basically wanted me to do the same thing I was that he was doing. Once we moved from Ohio to South Carolina in Myrtle Beach and he still did construction, he had mm. me working in his company. You know, I was, I'm the proverbial carpenter son. I grew up holding a flashlight and swinging a hammer, at, you know, young age and that kind of stuff. I never liked it, never mm. liked it. But to this day, when I talked to my mom about, you know, speaking and coaching and consulting, she's like, just kind of like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. But if I talked to her about my other career I had as a home inspector, that made more sense to her. Mm. She would prefer me to do that. Why? That's what she is comfortable with. And you'll find that in your life. When you step to the next level, and it doesn't mean that you're above anybody else, or whatever else, you're just on yeah. a different level mentally. You're not right. doing the same thing they are. Step four, <laughs> change your thoughts, change your life. That is so oh, true. Yes, that um, that actually is kind of the crux of my mindset coaching. That's really, mm -hmm. that's really the whole thing about it is changing your thoughts. And people don't think about that though. Again, mm -hmm. most people don't think. We just mm. respond. You don't think about mm. that. I know that can rub people the wrong way. It's not my intention. We go that's through true. life in a trance. I mean, think about our habits yeah, I mean, right. our thoughts. People don't realize and I've wrote about this before. Our thoughts are habitual. We actually right. think the same thoughts over mm. and over and over again, ended up living the same life. So hold on, wait a second. If we're thinking the same thoughts and we're living the same life and we're attracting mm. into our life, the same things we're thinking about, doesn't mm. that mean the law of attraction works on some level? Mm. Mm. Does it make it evil? Yeah. This means, hey, we are focused on a certain thing constantly and moving towards that one certain thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What if that thing you're focused on really isn't for you? Yeah. Back to your desires. What if you're just living the life over and over again, like Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, yeah. never really doing anything? Never mm -hmm. actually living a day in your life, mm -hmm. all because you're thinking the same thoughts over mm -hmm. and over and over again. My dad would roll over in his grave now if he knew that what I'm doing is speaking and coaching and consulting. My coaching clients are like this. I'm on a computer. I'm on this right. Zoom call and I'm helping somebody across the pond you know, in England working right. on a Zoom call. And helping him start his business and helping him be productive in his business. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? Right. Wow. He never had the thought to actually do that. Right. Look at what happened. It was John F. Kennedy was the one that brought us to the moon. 
That was a mind-blowing thought at the time. The only reason we got there is because somebody thought that we could. Right. That's true. That's true. Step five. Feed your mind. Absolutely. Um, I. This is so cliche, but the reason it's cliche is because it's true. I mean, earners are learners. You know, readers are leaders. I mean, all that fun stuff. Now, what are you feeding your mind? For example, let's say, oh, I don't know. Just say, pretend you have a kid who's nine years old. Would you stick your nine-year-old kid in front of Fox News or CNN or MSNBC? Again, I don't care. They're all the same. Would you sit them in front of the television set from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. every day watching a Fox News or CNN? You're shaking your head. Why? Why? Why not? Come on. Why? Because I don't want them retaining that type of information. It's not good. It's, it's not helpful for me okay. to do it. Um, okay. And I use it. it. It's poison. It's absolute poison for the mind. Would you take that same child and feed that child? And I'm not saying sometimes it's bad, but let's just say every day you feed that child for breakfast three donuts. Every day for lunch, you feed that child yeah. three donuts in a juice box. And then every day mm-hmm. for dinner, you feed that child a double cheeseburger, three, you're still shaking your head. Why? Oh, you, no, no. Those things taste delicious. <laughs> it's not healthy. It'll, but would that show up in that person's body? Yes, yes. It creates okay. problems. Now, we put all that fat poison into that little person's body. That little person won't be a little person for long, will he? That person no. will begin to get overweight, which would cause heart problems, diabetes, right. whatever. Those are physical ailments. We can see that. You know what we do see in physical ailments as well? Overwhelming stress in our life. Right. Now, feeding the mind. It's no different than feeding the body. I mentioned before the library behind me I have. I read books every day. What kind of stuff am I feeding myself? Biographies and autobiographies of successful people. Mm-hmm. A, I want to hear a success story. It's motivating. But B, every successful story has failure in it. I learned from yeah. that. I mean, look at some yeah. of the greatest people in our history. Abraham Lincoln. How many times did he fail to become president? Yeah. I mean, he was. He, we, there's a whole laundry list of it. Okay. Wow. Read. 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, an hour a day of good, positive, motivating, inspirational content. Because as one, people were probably, you know, shaking their heads when I asked them, would you stick your nine-year-old kid in front of Fox News or CNN for eight hours a day? They're like, no. Okay. You know, that's programming them for negativity, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. How Mm -hmm. about programming ourselves for positivity? for inspiration, right. for motivation. And what yeah. is it that you want to do that your desire is? Find authors that teach that. Feed right. your mind. That also Feed includes takeaway stuff. You don't need to, you know, I'm not saying go on a complete fast and do a keto diet for the brain. We can't. We get fed 30,000 marketing messages a day. <laughs> we have so much inundated there. But when we're focused on what it is our desire is, magically. We will be led to the next thing. You're going to read the book. The book's going to mention another book. That right. book will mention something else that that person did. Mm-hmm. You're like, son of a gun, I can do that too. 
that book might mention a program, a place for you to go. It might mention going to Hawaii. I mean, it could, it yeah. could have a whole, it, that's where it began. So feed your mind. I mean, podcasts like what you have here, when you bring on people, it's all motivation. Everything here is inspirational, yeah. motivational. It's good food yeah. for the mind. Yeah. Feed your, I couldn't, I can't say enough about that. I mean, feed your mind at least as often as you feed your body, but feed it good content and good time, good content will come out. Become a professional modeler. Yep, you oh, hit the nail on the head there too. That oh, is good. who is doing whatever you want to do. Mm. Next, uh, for mm. me, okay, I can say this person's name here because I think everybody in the college can recognize. Picture Jack Canfield. He's still mm, actively yes. out. Okay, now, I, if I I would love to do exactly that. And I will. Mm. And I currently am. I mean, he's the leading success coach in the world. My gosh. Mm. And look at the people he's influenced and helped. Now, yes, he's on stages. Yes, he writes. Yes, he does these chats as well. So I model, what is he doing? Oh, is he speaking in this, even in his mannerisms and how he speaks, I would model. Even the way he teaches, I model. You can look at that person, model what they're doing. I can go back again to the going to the gym as far as an analogy. I mean, if you look at a bodybuilder in the gym and I just look at, okay, on Mondays, she's here working her chest and her triceps. Okay. And she's doing these exercises. Okay. On Tuesday, I see her come in. Oh, Tuesday, she's doing her back and her biceps. She's doing these. Okay. I'm going to do those too. On Wednesday, she and I'm making a note. I'm following what she's doing. And I start doing the same exercises. Would it not stand the reason that one would build the same type of body that that bodybuilder yes. has by doing the same thing? Same yes. thing happens in your career after you find your desire. This is a big one because a lot of times your desire back a few steps ago will seem out of reach. It's not out of reach. It's just it's a few steps beyond you right now. Take the next yeah. step. Find somebody that's doing it and look at what they're doing. And you will have very similar, if not the same or better results. So become a professional modeler, find your, find a mentor. And you can do that through books, through audios. You can do that through a coach. You can do that through somebody, you know, that church who has already lived that life and find somebody to model and you will get to where you want to get to for sure. And then step seven, set your intentions and let go. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that is, here's, Here's the opposite of that. We set the intentions and then we come up with 101 reasons why it won't work. Well, guess what happens? It doesn't work because you said, I want to mm. I want to earn a million dollars a year as a success coach. Okay, that's the intention. But then you would sit there and say, well, it won't work because I don't look like they do. I don't have their connections. Mm. I don't have the suits. I don't, I don't have the experience. Oh, well, then the, your mind says, well, then why bother? Never mind. Or one could say the universe says, which is my command. You said, no, never mind. However, when we set the intention, and this is how let go and let God, I mean, just let go of it. When you're attached to it, you're telling the world, I need this. I need this. I need this. And then that puts off an air of neediness, unworthiness. You don't feel mm. adequate enough? No, that isn't the case at all. You set the intention. Mm. You continually move towards it. 
just knowing that it's coming to you at the appropriate time. No longer a worry about it not coming. That's where the letting go comes from. When we hold on to it, oh, then you're just, that's a tight fist. And then we all know the, the, the hole that you give through is a hole you receive from. Well, if this is how you're tight fisted all the time, you're not going to receive anything. You know, it's like the picture of Jesus in front of the little girl. And the little girl is holding a little bitty teddy bear. And Jesus has a huge teddy bear behind his back. And Jesus is like, let go and trust me. <laughs> Just let go and trust me. The little girl's holding his teddy bear so tight. She doesn't want to give it up. And he is like, has his huge teddy bear behind his back. He's like, just let go and trust me. That's not go. I know, like I know, that God put a desire in you. I know he did. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. That's for you to decide. And I know, mm. like I know, that when you start taking these steps and moving towards it, God mm. will bless you. But also mm. understand, you are mm. not in control. Mm. You are not in control. Mm. You can control your actions and what you do, but you are not in control of what happens in the world. That, mm. That's under God's domain. You just continue to move towards your intention, letting go all the attachments and move towards it. Imagine when you're worshiping in church and a praise song is happening and your hands are raised, palms up, moving mm. towards your intention like mm. that, knowing that you're mm. going to be blessed by the, our, our mm. Savior. That's mm. letting go. Hey. Mm. Oh, that's good. They, they have to get your book. Okay. That, I'll say that. They have to get your book. What would you say to the listeners on your part about what's holding you back? Oh, I know it's holding you back. It's what's holding everybody mm. back. And I have mm. a story to fix that in the book as well, but what's holding you back mm. is fear. Mm. It's fear. Every mm. single time we can narrow it down to fear. Mm. Fear of being yes. embarrassed. Yes. A lot mm. of times we don't tell people our goals because we're afraid we can't mm. reach them. So we don't even try. Mm. That's what's holding us back, this fear. Mm. Every single oh, day. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because I've lived it. You, We've lived it. We know that we, yeah. it's fear every single time. And then even doing things, even when I'm doing it, sometimes I'm mm-hmm. fearful. Yes. But I do it and pray. I just keep going because I, I know now that, you know, what's my other choice? I'm not going to mm-hmm. look back. I'm going to keep going forward. And, and many times I've, what do we call, fail forward. Yes. I've, and so I've learned to just keep doing it. Yeah, that's what happens is, um, again, I, I talk as a believer. I mean, God doesn't give you the ability before you do the problem. He gives you the ability going through the problem. If you had everything you needed before you tackled said task, you wouldn't even need to, it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, then God would never be glorified for anything you did. If you needed every, if you had everything you needed, then you would push God away. That's ego. Edge God out. That's ego. Um, no. oh, I like it. And you wouldn't need faith. If you saw how to get, if you saw every step to get there, you wouldn't even. You wouldn't mm. need faith. You would have no fear at all. It'd be so. Mm. But you wouldn't grow. If you wouldn't grow, you right. wouldn't learn. Right. So, so Shane, tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you. They want you to speak or and tell them about your book and where they can find you and your fabulous Facebook page. So go ahead. 
<laughs> um, actually, the simplest way, if you're interested in the book, and I won't plug it too much, it's on Amazon. It's called Speed Bumps in the Mind. You know, Speed Bumps in the Mind. If you're a Kindle reader, it's on Kindle. Um, so either way is a soft copy you can get, or it's on Kindle as well. So Speed Bumps in the Mind on Amazon. And as far as getting in touch with me, it's simple enough. I have a website. It's called theshaneboyd.com. That's not for ego. I don't put the D for ego. I just want to preface that. There is a Shane Boyd who's a football player. And he got the domain shaneboyd.com before I did. Uh, I use theshaneboyd.com as my website. So you can go there. Um, there you'll learn more about me as well on, you know, book my services. And as far as speaking or anything else like that, simple enough, send me an email. And I keep that simple as well, Shane at theshaneboyd.com. And you can just put speaking in the headline there, and I'll be in contact with you as far as you need to be speaking on a Zoom call, going to your office meetings, however you want to do. It's wonderful. And then, yeah, my website uh, it will take you right to my Facebook as well. But you can look up on Facebook as well. I'm there on Facebook. You look up, you know, Shane Michael Boys, what I have on Facebook, or you know, Mindset and Habit Hacks is what I have as a group. But simple enough, just go to theshaneboy.com. Well, Shane, I thank you so much. And I'm sure my listeners are going to be blessed. I can't tell them enough how important it is for them to get the book. And thank so here you. again, thank you for your time. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. Have a great day. And you as well. <laughs>